You are listening to Johnny Rubes on the 2400 Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Looking forward for my friend Dustin to start his podcast real soon with the Podcast P4. Please, you basically just hit record and then you just... And you can hear yourself on here with the headphones. Yes, and I sure can't wait to hear Dustin's new and improved sound on his show coming soon. This is the 2400 Block Podcast with Johnny Robs. 2400 Block. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the special podcast uh, here in Smoky Mountains, Tennessee. 2400 Block. Johnny Rubes Bits. Taking it from here and ending it in Virginia Beach. And in between, I'll be in Illinois. So I'll be doing this in three states. Right now, I'm talking to you guys in Tennessee. And then the next round, I'll be talking in Illinois. And lastly, I'll be in Virginia. So this is going to be an amazing podcast episode in which I will be in three different locations. Okay, guys, enjoy this one. What are we going to have? Well, that is a surprise, just so you know, okay? (laughs) All right, guys, take it easy. And here we go. Podcast. So how are you enjoying this vacation so far? Oh, it's great to see everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're enjoying it. It's amazing. It's fun watching the family. Yeah, it's relaxing, <laughs> you know. And then to know we come from different directions and we all made it safe. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. As at least everybody's dri- drove here at about four hours all yeah. the way to like 10 hours. So it's nice. It's a, it's a nice, you know, state to meet up. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And it's my my first time here in Tennessee as well as Reese's. Is this your first time here in Tennessee or you've been here before, Jill? Tennessee? No, I've been here quite a while. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party house. Mistletoe hung where you can see Every couple tries to stop Rocking around the Christmas tree Let the Christmas spirit ring Later we'll have some pumpkin pie And we'll do some caroling You will get a sentimental feeling When you hear voices singing Jolly deck the house with boss of Rocking around the Christmas tree Have a happy holiday Everyone dancing merrily In the new old-fashioned way Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bell swing and jingle bell swing Snowing and blowing in bushels of fun Now the jingle hop has begun Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock Jingle bells chime in jingle bell time Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square In the frosty air, what a bright 
Giddy up, jingle horse, pick up your feet Jingle around the clock Mix and mingle in the jingling beat That's the jingle bell rock What a bright time, it's the right time To rock the night away Jingle bell time, it's a swell time To go gliding in a one-horse lane Jingle horse, pick up your feet Jingle around the clock Mix and mingle in the jingling beat That's the jingle bell That's the jingle bell That's the jingle bell rock I'm here in the Smoky Mountains here in Tennessee. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but there is a train uh, making noise, even how far away I am uh, from them. And I see the mountains there in the landscape. It's just absolutely breathtaking. There's a lot of lights right now uh, where all the cabins and lodges are on top of the mountainous terrain here, uh, filled with a lot of vegetation. It's wonderful so far. I am completely mesmerized, so excuse me if I'm sometimes going to have that feeling of messing up when I'm talking, because this is my first time here, and I've never seen anything like this since the um, since going to Virginia and seeing the mountainous terrain over there, which was like three years ago, and I hit a deer in the process. But, um, yeah, this is my second time seeing mountainous terrain in the area. Uh, well, make that the third, because I was in San Diego, and I saw the, um, the mountains and valleys over there. But, man, I am in awe. I wouldn't mind coming back here uh, to Tennessee to see more of the the beauty of it. Hopefully I'll get to see more in the times ahead. This is more like a, a prelude to it all. Maybe next year, maybe two years, maybe three or more. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And it's really awesome to just do a little podcast segment here just to, just to get the feel of Tennessee life here. All these people just having a great time here, just having their getaway vacation. And, heck, I would love to do this more often. I like to include this as part of uh, what I, where I want to go. Like California. I want to see more of California. I want to see more of Florida. And I want to see more of Tennessee in the near future. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come. All right, guys. It's getting cold out here. I'm sporting a hoodie. I'm standing on the deck. I'm on the second level. And boy, this this is just awesome. All right, can you hear the train? <laughs> All right, this is Johnny Rubes in Tennessee.
have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide game. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Golden days of Faithful friends who are dear to us Gather near to us once more Through the years we all will be together Faith's allowed Hang a shining star Above the highest verse And have yourself A merry little Christmas Okay, for this bit, I want to talk about crazy drivers. Yeah, the ones that do the most unthinkable, outrageous things on the road, not giving a cahoots about anybody in their way. This particular bit was not something I planned on talking about, but because of a recent incident involving yours truly, now is the time to unleash my fury of sorts, whatever that is. (laughs) 
Being a resident for 13 years in the Chicagoland area, I have seen absolutely the worst when it comes to the commutes on the expressways. Just about everyone out there ignores the work area speed limits by going full kamikaze at 80 miles per hour and above. Their sudden impulses on constantly lane changing is insane. Even worse are those that do not signal doing that. That can piss anybody off. For me, I would rather play it safe by always staying on the right side, which most exits are on, and driving at an excess of 65 to 70 miles per hour. Let me tell you, though, the most dangerous incidents happen right in the heart of Chicago, Interstate 90-94, also known as the Dan Ryan Expressway. It is like the next level of craziness right there. I have experienced situations in which drivers would be about a tenth of a second from killing themselves horrifically doing death-defying sharp lane changes at full speed, going in between slower vehicles that are in motion during bumper-to-bumper traffic. They would even drive fast on a shoulder, which is so illegal, yet I've seen state troopers here let it slide, indicating to us commuters that it's not of their concerns to stop them. Sometimes I just don't get these state troopers when they're supposed to be enforcing the laws. I guess there aren't enough of the good ones around. I've already been yelled at by one officer at a state park just because I did not know what direction to go to into the park during road construction. And I was pulled over by another just because I violated a move over law that I did not know at the time. Heck, I couldn't even move over to the left lane because I was stuck in traffic by other vehicles around me that were going 55 and over. And that officer did not want to hear my story and instead slaps me with a ticket instantly. Okay, back to the topic at hand. There are plenty of crazy drivers on the expressways, but let's not forget the ones on the road as well. They go way above the mandated speed limit, even in the residential area where they should be extremely careful, especially when there are kids playing around. Lane changing is still at its worst, with some drivers cutting in front of the other in the last second, especially towards the stoplight. And of course, some do not want to signal. Definitely no respecting the other drivers around them. Then there are the really impatient ones that cannot hang on for a second right after the stoplight. They would rudely honk at the driver in front of them. But that's even better compared to what I encountered. This guy behind me had the audacity to beat on the rear windshield with his clenched fists just so I can move the vehicle a bit for him to have space to make a right turn with his SUV. Now that's the first time I have ever experienced a belligerent driver up close. Tractor trailer drivers are reckless sometimes with their sudden lane changes that can scare the bejesus out of anyone, but we gotta admit that they don't see us from behind. It's understandable. We are most likely within their blind spot. I despise those that try to text messages while they drive. Now, that's just a terrible habit from anyone holding a phone. These drivers either start slowing down or they start veering onto the next lane without signaling. They definitely need to pull over if they consider texting to be a priority over driving. Better yet, take a ride share and be a passenger instead. I'm going to end this bit on a good note. We will constantly battle these crazy drivers on the daily, but it is best to be patient and sane through it all. And as much as we want to give them the finger and yell back and discuss, yeah, I do encourage you to verbally give them a piece of your mind, in a civil manner, of course, and prove to them that they were wrong for what they have done. Stay brave, my fellow road warriors.
Hey everyone, Johnny Reeves here. Hoping all of you are doing great today. Oh my goodness, can you believe we are in December now? And Thanksgiving flew by just like that, so did the food and all the fixings that went with that. I did an episode during that time and released it on the next day. That's dedication right there. Alright, let me uh, soften my tone down a bit. I'm not in Illinois, and I'm definitely not in Virginia Beach, at least not yet. But I want to let you guys know that I am in Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. It's a lovely place, lovely location, breathtaking views. What can I say, man? Oh, my goodness. Anyways, I want to do a shout-out while, while I'm here. How's it going there, Helen, in the Philippines? Hoping you and your work colleagues are doing pretty well. Uh, keep up the support. Saul, man, thanks for listening to another episode. Your co-worker made here. I like the consistency. Keep it up, man. TR and Gary, I hope to have you both on my show. Hit me up with a text or something. We can make it happen. And to TR's mom, thanks for believing in me when it comes to my podcasting skills. You've known me ever since I was this little boy with a bowl-shaped haircut. I appreciate you listening to my recent episodes and liking them. Much love. Okay, season 3.5 is in full swing. Okay, I'm not sure how long this will go, but... I'm definitely going to enjoy the ride until it ends, eventually sometime this month. Prospero año y felicidad 
Okay, for the next bit, it is a good one. This is coming from my friend Frank down in South Carolina. And he explains further about quantifying friendships. Perhaps this may work out well for any of you. Let's give it a listen. Okay, John. My take on the friends was that you can't really just say you have friends or you don't have friends. You can kind of quantify it. You may be on a scale of 1 to 10. So you have your 10s. Those are the guys you'd die for. You'd travel cross-country for if they're in jail or trouble or the hospital, their parents died, things like that. A lot of people don't have a 10. You know, a lot of people have one or two. You know, most people don't have more than that. But if you got a 10, you know it. Your next category down, your seven, eight, nines. Those are all the really good friends that you would still do all that stuff for, but somewhere there's a limit. You don't know where that limit is. It isn't explicitly cut off like, oh, you're in jail. You need 500 hours bail. Sure. Oh, you need $1,000 bail? Oh, well, screw that. You're, you're just going to spend the night. Yeah, there's no set limit, but somewhere there is a limit to that. And they're still really good friends. So, you know, you know everything about them. You know their kids, their wives, where they went to school. You know what things they like. You know, they might make it up to a 10 someday. They might not. But, you know, they're generally, they're really good friends. They're people you hang out with often. Maybe have uh, vacations with us occasionally. You go out to the bar with them, so on. Your next group down, your four, five, and six, that's where all the rest of your friends come from. They're the people you know, you hang out, you're friendly with. Uh, sometimes you go to maybe go to a ball game with them. You might hang out with them at a bar once in a while, go to a restaurant, things like that. Friends from this group can move up often into your seven, eight, nines. Sometimes just from circumstances, they can move down. Maybe they move away. You don't see them as often. You're not talking quite so much, you know, but they're still friends. You know, they're not going to stab you in the back. They're not necessarily going to go bail you out of jail. 
but you know they're friends your one twos and threes yeah those would be the people that you you meet and you know like say you're in a business group you meet once a week so you see them for that hour every week you know them talk to them you like them you you get to know a little bit about their family because you're just being nice and personable and stuff and uh but you're not really gonna go out and hang out with them you're not gonna call them up on a saturday you know hey bob you know you want to go watch the baseball game it just doesn't really happen there it may happen and then someone from that group will jump up to the next group and then you've got a better friend and so on so that groups are kind of interchangeable pretty often and of course zeros are well they're not your friends stay away from zeros i hope that encompasses what we talked about over the weekend Now, before I go on with the rest of this episode, I would like to let you guys know that the contents featured here might go in random order and that the bits covered may differ from what was originally planned. And that's what happens when a combination of two to three episodes are put into one. And this is why I call it a surprise. And I actually dig this concept because I do not even know for sure what I'm going to put on. And as I've said before, I am recording from three different locations for this episode, which is like really insane, right? Somehow I mastered it to perfection. And by the way, I'm in Illinois right now. Hmm, what else? Okay, as you've just heard, my friend Alvin is serenading Christmas songs in between. I am very thankful for his musical contributions to spruce up this episode with holiday cheer. Hang in there towards the conclusion because I do have a major announcement in mind that can perhaps change the trajectory of this show as we know it. The 2400 block has certainly come a long ways from its humble beginnings.
like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear slavers in the Okay, the bit that I'm going to do is about Sean Taylor. What an athlete he was at six foot two, 212 pounds. I cannot wait to tell you guys my first-person account of what I saw out of Sean that one day in the summer of 2005. But before I go on with that, I want to say that it was nice of the Washington Commanders football team, formerly the Washington Redskins, to have a memorial in his honor. I know it brought in mixed results during its debut a few weekends ago, but honestly... It's better to have a memorial for Sean rather than not having one at all. And his family seems to be okay with it so far. As far as the critics and the naysayers on social media are concerned, I totally empathize with you guys. Sean truly deserves a statue in his likeness. As good as Michael Jordan's in the United Center, as good as Walter Payton's outside Soldier Field, as good as the fictional character Rocky Balboa on the steps of Philly's Art Museum. Not a transparent wireframe mannequin sporting the helmet, jersey, pants, gloves, and cleats that look like something on display at a sporting goods store. Commander's management, y'all feeling me now? I remain highly optimistic that things will indeed turn around for the better. I am hoping all of you on the Commander's upper tier and board are going to implement the necessary changes soon to the memorial in terms of its appearance. That way it will stand out with much appeasement to onlookers when they visit in the near future. This would certainly be a treat for the lifelong, diehard Sean Taylor fans out there like me. Most importantly, Sean's family. Okay, now on to my first person account about Sean Taylor based on my own experience. Temps was already surging into the late 70s by sunrise. I was joined by my brother Jeff, who was a diehard fan of the then Washington Redskins. Our destination was Redskins Park, located in Ashburn, Virginia. And it's still their training facility to this very day in which management and coaching staff solely determine who makes it to the 53-man roster and who doesn't. Jeff did the driving all four hours of it. Commute was relatively smooth until we got to Loudoun County in which traffic went bumper to bumper for a couple of minutes. Luckily, we still made it on time right before training camp started for the players. With time left to spare, my bro and I took advantage of everything around us. We posed next to the props available, including the Super Bowl trophies on display. And then the attention shifted outdoors to the practice field, where all the action was. It felt surreal seeing the players out there warming up. I saw quarterbacks Patrick Ramsey, Mark Brunel, and rookie Jason Campbell. And then there was wide receiver Santana Moss, linebacker LaVar Arrington, tight end Chris Cooley, running backs Clinton Portis and Rock Cartwright, Safety Sean Taylor, and so many more. Everyone did their thing in terms of performance, but one play definitely made a lasting impact. Jeff and I were close to the action when it happened. Sean Taylor tackled someone so hard towards the sideline. Anyone out there would have heard the loud clashing sound of the helmets. We did. All of it. And it was freaking awesome. But we know in today's NFL, that is something serious that should have went to concussion protocol. Both players were okay as they got up right after the hit. Sean made a statement, letting everyone know that he was fired up, letting all of us know 
that he was ready for the upcoming 2005-2006 NFL season. Witnessing in those few seconds with my very own eyes, I saw determination, focus, and drive. All these words I describe in that one play alone translate to a successful career ahead for him as he became a bona fide all-star at the end of the season. He made a memorable play on TV during the Pro Bowl, in which he took down Buffalo Bills punter Brian Borman, who was trying to outrun defenders beforehand. This was exactly the same type of force and hit that me and my brother witnessed at Redskins training camp that day. He certainly did not disappoint. Sean Taylor was in fact the living embodiment of sheer athleticism with every play he delivered. Unfortunately, his meteoric rise as one of the best to play the game was suddenly cut short. Most importantly, his life as a young 24-year-old man. He put forth one last defensive effort this time trying to protect his family during a failed robbery attempt by intruders at their Miami home. As a result, Sean was shot in the femoral artery of his leg. He was unable to regain consciousness after a major blood loss, and he died a short time thereafter. Man, what could have been? Today, as you go about your day, I want you to think about how scientists always say that humans only use 10% of their brains. Well, my estimation, <clears throat> we only use 10% of our hearts. And that makes me sad. So, uh, <clears throat> tell somebody you love them today. Give them a hug. And, uh, be extra nice to them. Because, uh, you know, could be just the thing they need to get their day going. Anyways, love you guys. Hope you have a good day. Here's a hub for you. We just left the movie theater to watch Avatar The Way of Water um, in the movie theater on a snowy evening. Um, Right now, I'm with Antonio and Risa. What are your thoughts of the movie? Excellent. <laughs> a non-spoiler review. I think it was an amazing sequel to an already great um, beginning movie. I, I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would, honestly. When with the uh, sequels we begin lately, I'm so glad that it actually turned out to be something I enjoyed. Because lately, everything's been a bust, in my opinion. And what's great, too, is uh, in between it all, with the 13 years, uh, we've been watching superhero movies, which is a different thing. But this film itself, just like the 2009 predecessor, was visually stunning, especially the underwater scenes. Absolutely. I totally agree. Even the, even the overworld scenes, everything, I, I think, was amazing and well done. I love the, the creatures. I love... Uh, you know, the story, the plot, everything. Everything, I think, went well together, perfectly. It really showcases, you know, where technology, as far as cinematography and everything, is gone. And it's really set a new bar, I think. Yeah. What I like, too, is the, the, the continuity, the theme of, of nature, of, of why we should appreciate nature over man and his destruction. Yeah. There was a lot of... Uh, points in there where it's just like people were more for for profit it was bringing the the earthly ideal of 
capitalism, capitalism. Yeah. It was just really, uh, it's a lot of scenes that were cringe. It just makes you look back and, it, you know, like, this is exactly where we are, you know. Yeah. Everybody wants to capitalize off of everything, and it's not just us wanting to, you know, live in a world together, you know. Every, there's greed everywhere. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Riza, what do, what do you think about Avatar The Way of Water? So awesome. <laughs> it was worth every freaking seconds of that three and a half hours. Actually, technically, it's four hours because it started at three o'clock. Not, not four hours for uh, face because he was like 31 minutes late. Uh, face is actually referring to Antonio. In case it was sad that he was 31 minutes late and he still he was still on time. And he still managed. Even the previews. That's true. It was so awesome. It, it was so worth it. it Hopefully, we don't have to wait for another 20 years to, for the next one to come out. So it's, it's 2024. So I don't like anymore. He saved his asshole dad. It's not even his dad. The non-spoiler review has now turned to a spoiler oh, review. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. At least that's just one right there. We don't even know who dad. We don't even know who the dad is. So, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And you know what I liked about the movie? It stuck with family values. You know, going through the rough and all. Exactly, I agree. It was definitely very family oriented. Yeah, I also love the the sense of humor. Some parts were like really funny. Some of the the one-liners I forgot now, though, but they were funny. Yeah. It's good to have that in there. Yeah, and of course, um, in the end, James Cameron does not disappoint with the action. You right. you got to see like the last what forty-five minutes or maybe an hour of that action. Thought uh, Mike Bay was in there in the water. <laughs> oh man, there's just one scene you guys got to see, but I won't mention it. But man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do love the effects. Uh, I like it. I, I like how how far it's had, it has advanced since the last movie. It seemed like the technology is very seamless on this one. So there you go. There you have it. A wonderful masterpiece. James Cameron does it again. Avatar: The Way of Water. The Way of Water. Now playing. <laughs> Hi, I am situated right now in a hotel in Baltimore, and it turns out that the connecting flight that Riz and I have taken had canceled upon arrival. So, I mean, let me reword that again. It was canceled as we arrived from our first flight. We looked at the screen wondering uh, what time the next flight would be and it turns out that it canceled and prior to that I have received text messages saying that it would leave around 7.20 p.m. and then it changed to 7.56 p.m. and then upon walking into the Baltimore terminal and I was looking at the screen it said canceled and I was taken aback. I had to get a hold of my emotions because this is a very sensitive moment. Imagine um, 
you know, you just completed half of your trip and then knowing this happened. So I, I, we try to, um, get word of what will happen next. And Southwest Airlines said that the next flight won't happen until three days later. I definitely cannot, uh, definitely cannot let us go for that. That's, that's already, you know, uh, too much. It's been overwhelming already. Um, we tried to do the rental car thing, uh, went over there and it turns out that there, there are no cars available. Isn't that, isn't that weird being in an airport and being among the passengers that were stranded and wanting a rental car? Uh, many were, uh, facing a grave situation like me and Riz and a fellow with whom we met. Um, yeah, it's going to be some kind of a day today. We're supposed to be getting a rental car, and I hope it happens. Um, you know, Virginia is only four hours away, so we're within reach. We're almost there. All right. On with the show. This is a follow-up to the bit about Sean Taylor. Uh and I'm here joined with my brother, Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing today, bro? Oh, I'm doing great, bro. Uh, enjoying life as usual. Oh, that's great. And he has a photo album over here in which we are going back. Okay, Redskins Fan Appreciation Day. That was Friday, August 5th, 2005. Wow. Uh, there was, uh, you know, we saw all these drills. Um, I do remember when Joe Gibbs was uh, addressing the crowd before uh, practice started. He called the uh, Dallas Cowboys the ugliest people in the world. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I remember we had to uh, rent a vehicle, and I did the driving uh-huh. uh, to go from here to Ashburn. It was a long drive, though, but we had to. Uh, we didn't have no GPS and all that stuff back then, so we had to use, um, I think, driving directions from, like, Google Maps or MapQuest or something like that at the time. I think it was called MapQuest at the time, yeah. Your pictures, I got my pictures. Uh, we, um, I think we, yeah, there's some pictures we stood next to the uh, Super Bowl. I stood next to the Super Bowl trophies and all that stuff. I went to the line where Joe gives that. I wanted to get his autograph, so I just bought a mini helmet from the Redskins store at MacArthur Mall in Norfolk, Virginia at the time, and then that's where Joe Gibbs signed my picture. And uh, here is the uh, Redskin helmet with uh, Joe Gibbs' autograph on it. And I took a picture of Joe Gibbs while he was signing the, uh, yeah, the helmet as well. Which, by the way, is in uh, Jeffrey's closet. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think they, uh, I think after that, if I remember, we went to Potomac Mills. Potomac Mills Mall. Uh-huh. Mall. And, Not too far down. Yeah, then we went to a Redskins store over there, and then after that, we went home. Oh, that's great. I remember how hot it was. It was unbearable. It was uh, it was a hundred degree weather. Um, yeah, at the end it was a hundred degrees. There was no bleachers. Um, I don't think any, I don't think they provided water either. So so you had to bring your own water. Uh huh. It was it was hot, and I know we had a headache after the wow. tour. But it was it was fun, exciting to see him live and practice and stuff like that. I can't believe how many pictures uh, you have taken. Yeah, uh, I know this was from a four megapixel uh, Sony camera, so I didn't have the best uh, camera at the time. That was technology back then, but yeah. Still, you were able to to have great captures in spite of the quality. Yeah, some were blurry and all that stuff, but yeah, Uh it is what it is. What it it was, what it was. Yeah. But uh, seeing hitting pads and all that stuff, and uh, 
doing I think they're run, I think all the players are running and all that stuff I remember um, the, uh, if I remember here when they were uh, first conducted practice they did, they did a jog or something like that around the field before they started doing the drills with individual uh, with the individual on the offense and defense and then special teams are doing its own thing too I just remember uh I think special teams coach was yelling and chewing gum at the same time. Uh-huh. Yeah, motivating the uh, players to do. Come on, do it, do, do what you're doing. Come on, come on, let's go, uh-huh. let's go, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, just, I just hear him from the background. All right, now going to the moment. What did you thought of the Sean Taylor hit? Oh, it was like Ronnie Lott hitting somebody. <laughs> it was live too. It was like it was, right in front of our face too. Yeah, yeah, it was like a freight train. Uh-huh. It's like watch, watching NFL films back in the you know nineteen seventies or nineteen eighties. Yeah, that was before CTE came about, and you know the, after CTE, that's when the NFL started enforcing rules that you can't you have, you have to hit a certain way. You can't hit people like this and that anymore. Otherwise, you get you know you get penalized, um, you know by the refs, or you get suspended by the NFL nowadays. <laughs> back then, you can get away with it. And do you remember who he might have tackled? Yeah, it might have been Chris Cooley, if I remember. Uh-huh. All right. So, uh, yeah, let me ask you some more bits here. How long have you been a Washington Redskins fan or a Washington Commanders fan, actually, now? Uh, that was probably probably, the, probably when they won their second Super Bowl against Denver. We were cheering. Me and you were cheering them on. Yeah. I just remember that. They were trailing like 10 nothing, and then... Uh, then they had that uh, comeback when they scored like what? Uh, they scored like, I can't remember, they scored like six touchdowns or something like that. Or they scored, they scored a, lot, a lot of touchdowns in the second quarter. I remember that Doug Williams to, yeah, uh, Ricky, Doug Williams. to Ricky Sanders and uh-huh. then to Gary Clark and Clint Didier. It's like we were cheering. Oh, the posse, and, yeah. Yeah. Like we were mad when they, when they were losing to uh, John Allen and Broncos 10 nothing. Then they, they came back in the second quarter. They just like, they, they, <laughs> they finally woke up. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's let's take a let's take a look at some of the stuff you have here in your uh, closet. We have uh, what I see here right now is a uh, Washington Redskins plush of a hog. That's pretty cool. And I see you have uh, something. Um, what's that? What's the pink? Uh, the pink uh, thing over there. Oh, uh, this was uh, when I went to the Redskins game. Uh, this was uh, let's see, tackle can- breast cancer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some Redskins gloves, Redskins socks, uh, Sean Taylor towel. It was an autographed Redskins football from uh, all the players, and it's a yeah. lot. Uh, them after they were they made the team or anything like that. I just get anybody uh-huh. out there. Redskins mini uh, pocket team helmets, Redskins mini helmets. Got one Commanders helmet, although I'll still call them the Redskins. But you know, just to uh, blend in when to do blend old in with the new. But to me, it'll always be the Washington Redskins. It goes with the rest of the fans. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then to the left over here, I see uh, you have some Redskins um, jerseys. Yeah, I had uh, Sean Taylor. After uh-huh. he passed away. Had a Redskins 75th anniversary patches. Burgundy. Got Daryl Green jersey and uh, John Riggins uh, Burgundy jersey. They're all... Um, the Daryl Green and the Sean Taylor jerseys were uh, Reebok. The um, John Riggins jersey is Nike. Oh, that's wonderful. You have a lot here in this closet. An autographed Redskins hat, too. <laughs> An autographed Redskins hat from the, from the, from those that might have or did I think, not uh, make I it. I remember London Fletcher signed, uh, signed it. Um, 
That was back in 2013. I think Casey Robach, who was a Redskins center, he signed it as well. Yeah, so uh, right here, uh, I got a Daryl Green autograph uh, book, but uh, I didn't meet Daryl Green himself. Um, I uh, bought it at uh, the Redskins store in MacArthur Mall, North Virginia, back then. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that looks nice. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, Joe Gibbs uh, got RG, well, I bought an RG3 helmet. Cause he did good in his rookie season, but you know we didn't know he was gonna. Yeah. We didn't know he was gonna uh, end up the way he did. Uh, yeah. Uh, he did in the season. Yep. The Redskins chrome helmet that you bought me that had all their Super Bowl victories. Oh wow! Yeah, I do. I do remember giving that to you. I bought that Potomac Mills back in 2002. Uh huh. Nice. Yep. Not bad at all. Yeah. And I got a Redskins uh, starter jacket as well. <laughs> And that's the one from back in the 90s, right? Uh, actually, that, that one was already ready beat up, so oh. I, I gave that away, so I bought a new one. Oh, okay. I, I was back in, uh, that might have been 2016 or 2017 when I bought it. I see. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, thank you very much, bro, for uh, showing me your rescue stuff. Oh, you're welcome. You know to call the commander now, but... Gotta get used to it. To us fans, hail to the Redskins. Always hail to the Redskins. Yeah. This is the last interview here for the Johnny Roops Bits. I'm very honored to be here in Norfolk, Virginia, despite the circumstances that have happened. Uh, during my last uh, audio bit, I was in a hotel. I was talking about the situation, what happened with uh, Southwest Airlines and the meltdown uh, that affected thousands upon thousands of passengers. Uh, luckily, me and Riz, we were able to get a rental car and drove four hours from Baltimore to Norfolk and then Virginia Beach. And I'm glad to have my friend, who is my guest, the one and only Elder Mac, or or shall we say he's also Raymond Mac. He's been a guest of mine on my show for about maybe four or five appearances now. And I'm just glad to have him on. And there's so much that have happened between the time I last interviewed him and, and until now. So... Uh, I'm glad to have the time to interview you right now. I'm glad to have my equipment here, despite my luggage not making it. Yes, <laughs> it, yes. it was terrible. Uh, I have to borrow some clothes, even have to to buy a, a few. I have on my dad's pants; it's so damn loose. I have on his <laughs> shoes. I actually bought this shirt at Under Armour last night, so <laughs> it feels weird uh, just having half of the excitement, and then the rest of the excitement is in the luggage. Mm. So I, I even lost. I even um, have my um, battery charger out of the way, but I'm borrowing my dad's <laughs> batteries right now to get this podcast going. <laughs> nice. But wow, uh, we are here in this podcast. Uh, I don't know if you hear a little bit of some winds, just a little bit of some light winds here, and um, I'm here interviewing Ray. And yeah, we're just going to kickstart our interview. Just going to ask him a few questions, and then we're just going to talk a lot of stuff along in between. All right, so um, Elder Mac, you are a part of the United in Faith Ministries? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about it? United Faith Ministry was a ministry that our pastor had came up with. Um, of course, God had given him that name mm -hmm. for the church. And it's, it's, it's a church that, you know, we've been uh, blessing other people. We've mm -hmm. been spe uh, preaching the word of God to amongst others that hear, need to hear the word of God, you know, and in our services. Now, 
we have many others who's been lives been changed you know they've been uh, you know coming we have been having a number of people coming to the church who's been loving our uh, service and mm-hmm. con- and they continue coming and visiting our church and, and getting uh, experiencing God right in our services so it's it's been a blessing for us to to have a ministry that we do and we have a pastor that's been you know uh, pushing us to strive to seek God continue seeking God and also too for he cares about our souls so he really is a powerful man of God and he's been just speaking to our lives me and my wife's life and just been a blessing uh-huh. for me and my wife and he's 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 awesome so how long has this uh united in faith ministries been established um well it started in november uh, october oh yeah yeah a new ministry. ministry we're still new ministry yeah in october and from there we just been growing i mean we have it was just four of us mm-hmm. five of us and we have uh, about two other members now that's, that join our ministry oh, wow. so yeah they, it's growing and um yeah it's 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 awesome that's wonderful man you guys are on fire yeah so uh all right so what did it take to get you there to deaconship well i was committed and faithful mm-hmm. you know i had been going to bible study i've been my attendance to church was you know, I've been there every day, every Bible study. I ain't missed a sun, you know, a Sunday. Uh-huh. And I would say it takes that, but also, too, it takes what the pastor had seen in me and God had seen in me as well. Because if it wasn't for a pastor that's been following God as he do, you know, he wouldn't have seen it in me because God has spoken in his life. Uh-huh. He's spoken to him to let me know that's my calling. You know, and I had no idea, you know, that was my calling, but God had showed me that was my calling in my life. So, you know, I just, I walked into that, that calling and from there on out, you know, God's just, you know, blessing me and showing me things and what he's been doing in me as well. So it's, it, it's been a blessing. It's been awesome what God's been doing in me. And I mean, it's, it's, it shocks me sometimes because, you know, yeah. I'm like, wow, I, you know, I never thought I'd be doing this, but. <laughs> I was just about to <laughs> yeah. ask you that question. <laughs> yeah, but but God sees you know sees what's in each and every one of us, and mm-hmm. we just give it to Him and let Him be the one to, you know, have His way in our lives. And from there, He just He does that, and He's He's been showing me ever since what He can do when I just give it to Him. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I just remembered, man. We we were just uh, we just seem to be very directionless. Uh, you didn't even know that you you would ever you know get into this. No. Mm-mm. And it's just Not a blessing all. of God. I think it was predestined. Maybe it was, you know, meant to happen. Yeah. In your yeah, life. Yeah. It, it, it's th- that's the thing about it. You know, when God has a purpose, He has a purpose for each and every one of us. Yeah. You know, and when you look to Jesus for that purpose, mm-hmm. He's gonna He's gonna show you that purpose. You just have to ask Him, and first of all, just have Him to lead your life, and He will direct you in the purpose He has for you for your life. So. Yeah. It's just all letting God have His way, and you know, letting Him lead you. And, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and 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 how do you get into eldership after deaconship? How do you get that into that next role? For me, just continue being faithful and commit committed. I mean, it's it's something that being you know coming from a deacon to an elder is just elevation that God just see me being you know continue doing the work that mm-hmm. He has me to do and continue being faithful in it, committed in it, and by just doing that. 
God said, look, it's time for elevation because you just continue doing the work for me. And he's just, you know, he's pleased with the work I do for uh-huh. him. So he elevate me to elder. And that's through the pastor, of course. You know, he hears from God and say, uh-huh. hey, it's time to elevate him to elder. And it's all about, it's all God, <laughs> you know, it's all him. Yeah. And for him to do that, it's like sometimes I don't even feel like I'm worthy of it. You know, sometimes yeah. I don't. But it, when, when God, like I said, when God, you know, have God to just lead you there. You can't go wrong. He's, he 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 get you there, and you'd be surprised at what he can do in your life. I'm just saying. Wow. Yeah. And, and how long have you been uh, a deacon? Uh, two years. Two years. Okay. Two, two years. years. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it took two years to get to uh, from there to eldership now. Yeah. So you're yeah. presently an elder, right? Yeah, I'm presently an elder. I had got ordained on December 17th. Oh wow. Yeah. Praise yeah. God. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't that the the greatest Christmas present right there? <laughs> Oh man, that's yeah, so, good. So okay, moving on to that, to the next question: What is the role of the elder in the church? Preaching and teaching. Um, I, I remember John. I was showing you the video when I first time yeah. preaching, <laughs> and that. Oh man, I'm gonna just tell you, I'm always nervous. I ain't, yeah. ain't that still ain't <laughs> that's still there, but I'm nervous. But you know, even w- when I'm nervous. I know I can just rely on God, you know, because yeah. that's where I have to rely on when it comes to doing something like that, because it's, it's serious. It's, yeah. it's serious when you're preaching to the people and they got to hear a word from God, you know, and yeah. it's coming from God, not me. Mm-hmm. So I pray about it. I even fast. I, you know, I pray and fast before I even go do something like that, because it's, it's, it's important that they hear something from God. And, then, you know, it's getting through the people and it's not, you know, me. Yeah. So once I do that. And I remember when I was going, you know, I was sitting there and, you know, my wife, she's doing her thing in the church and she's singing and, you know, praise team doing their thing, the pastor and all that. And before they called me up there, I was looking like, wow, look, God showed me like, it's all, I already set this up for you. I already have it all set up for you. And, you know, I was like shocking, like, just looking like, wow, Lord, mm-hmm. you set this all up for me prepared it all for me, the way for me to present my message, the message you have for me. And once I did that, it just flowed. I mean, you know, everybody was like, wow, Raymond, you know, God really used you. And he did. And I was like, wow, look what God did. Yeah, you just just had to to let go. Yeah. In spite of you, you know, being nervous. Yeah. I know it kind of like public speaking. It wasn't really the thing for me either. Yeah. I took public speaking courses and I got better. Yeah. And, you know, I let go of the shyness. With this situation here, you know, you have a role. You do what you have to do. You have to be at a good mindset. Mm-hmm. As, even at times you're nervous, but you just got to go with the flow. Be on, you know, be on your, 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 your goals, your objective, whatever you need to project to your audience. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I have a, I have a job to do, and it's the role as an elder preach. So I got to make sure I preach and to the people that what they, what they need to hear. So, yeah. I got to be in that mindset. Right. I got to definitely be in the mindset, the right mindset. And, you know, in the Bible, it says that, you know, for us to renew our mind, you know, have mm-hmm. a renewed mind. So as being that, I had a renewed mind because, you know, I, I, I take time in his word. I get understanding. So then with the renewed mind, I can come to the people and yeah. preach the word of God, how he wants me. God, how God wants me to uh, preach. Man, to that people. is so cool. Yeah, it is. God's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right. Um, okay. You told me you went to this one church. I believe it was Calvary Baptist. How does it feel for you personally to transfer to another one? 
Yeah, uh, Calvary Revival Church. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, Calvary it's Revival. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Thanks for correcting. <laughs> yeah, Calvary Revival Church was a, ch- you know, I was, at that time, I was just, I was just going, you know, to mm-hmm. church. I really wasn't as focused as I am now with God. You know, how I am now is totally different how I was during that time when I was at church. Uh-huh. But I wasn't going spiritually. I was just there. Uh-huh. You know, it just listen to music and I've been to church you know I did this and that and that's how it was you know I wasn't involved in anything you know I'm just going me and my um girlfriend at the time you know Tasha yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was you know we were just going to church I had to come to church and you know that's all it was it's just like kind of like just going through the motions yeah you know but I wasn't even involved in anything I'm just going through the motions mm-hmm. so ever since then as I transitioned from that church to where I'm at now it's been growth you know, spiritual growth, I'm learning more about God and what he's doing, you know, seeing the things he's doing in me and around me. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's amazing what God does in people. And I'm just, I've been seeing that in the ministry I'm in now. And he just changes people's attitudes, the way they speak. Yeah. And when I seen that, I was like, wow, Lord, you changed this person right before my eyes. Uh-huh. You know, it was a, fr- um, a f- uh, my, f- my Taja at the time. You know, she had a, a person that was she invited to church, and she mm-hmm. was, you know, before she came to church, she was just cussing and all this other stuff. But then when God had worked on her, she started changing. You know, I can yeah. see it when she was speaking. She wasn't saying the same thing she used to speak. And I haven't been around her like uh, Taja has, you know, my wife has been at yeah. the time. But, you know, she, she was just so thankful for Taja for bringing her to church because she, she was just seeing how... If it wasn't for her and God leading her to come to church, yeah. she wouldn't have been where she was at. And she'd been speaking, saying things. I was like, wow, that's that's not. Oops. Oh. Wow, in the middle of a phone call here. <laughs> that's how it is when you're popular like uh, like me here. Just have to put a pause there. I'll call you back. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was just it was just seeing that was like, wow, God, you just working in 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 her. Her name was Lynn, by the way. Okay. And. God was just working her. I mean, her speech changed. You know, she may have every now and again, might have a little um, slip out a few every now and yeah. again. But it's a process, you know, when God works on you. It's a process. So Yeah, it doesn't know, happen overnight. It don't ha- exactly. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight. But it's a process. But I just gradually see the change in her. And then she was like, wow, totally different person. Wow. And she and then uh, and, uh, um, a pastor, well, not a pastor, a uh, first lady had her to speak. And when mm-hmm. she was speaking, I was like, wow, that's not the same lady. Lynn, that when I first met her, and my my wife, Tyler, she knew that wasn't the same Lynn. She knew it was God. Uh-huh. So that's the thing that I just found it amazing how God can just... Can, can just literally transform transfer, somebody. Yeah, transform somebody just like that if they just allow them to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it was amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. How many hours in a day do you study the Bible? When um, I'll put it like this, um, I take 30 minutes a day, uh-huh. you know, to study the Bible. And then it depends on my work because I always read the Bible uh, in the morning before I go to work. So it'll be probably less time, you know, throughout the week, maybe about 15 minutes before I go to work. But um, other times it'd be 30, about 30 minutes or so I would give uh-huh. amount of that time when it comes to Bible study. But, yeah, I try to it, – it, sometimes it could be an hour, sometimes it could be 30 minutes, just depending on my schedule because, you know, I'm always trying to find time to make sure I put time for God first. Yeah. And that's every morning, every day, throughout the day. So. And that includes, like, uh, meditation? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. meditating on the Word of God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So got to definitely do that as well. So. 
And when it comes to like speaking about something for your, you know, for your sermon, do you basically just start flipping the Bible and try to find some verses connected, connecting to what you want to speak about? Is that how you usually would do it? Well, I would say the best thing for me, for me, mm -hmm. I pray before I even get to, you know, I pray and have God to lead me into the scripture uh -huh. that he wants me to, you know, use for the sermon. Okay. Because that way, if I know it's from God, I ain't going, it's not going to be something I came up with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, because oh, like I wow. yeah, because something with, see, that's how important it is when you preach the word, you got to make sure it's from God, not yeah. from yourself. Because so many preachers out here, you know, they would speak a word from themselves and it's not from God. Yeah. And it's just not how it's supposed oh. to be. It's supposed to be God first. Right. Let him lead you, you know, in that. Uh, so that's how it works. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Um, Moving on, I know it's impossible to go back into the past to change things, but would you have considered going into deaconship at 30 years old? No. no. Different mindset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mindset was nothing like it was now, so no, I wouldn't even, not even a thought. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, during that time, no, I had no, I didn't even think about that. But the thing is, it's like God has so much for you and so much things you have to do for, for you in you mm -hmm. that you'll be surprised where he would take you and like I said then that age my mindset was totally different so it wasn't a thought but when my whole mindset changed then that's when now it's all about God and not myself yeah you know what I'm saying so it's just like I focus on him and what he has for me to do yeah even though you you were into like a couple of secular things like I was because you know, we're all in the same boat you were all friends and yeah and yeah, one time you've right. always had that respect for God no matter what you, yeah you know he you you always had that respect for him so yeah you may not have your mindset was different then but your respect for God was still there yeah yeah it still resonated in you yeah in spite of you you know with that. being with mm -hmm. these worldly things whatever we were involved with back then yeah 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 yeah, you're right. And no, we were in that worldly, worldly stuff, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Man, I'm so proud of you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> All right. Beautiful day here. It's, uh, it's, it is the mid-afternoon, or actually we're about to approach evening very shortly. It's still sunny out here. Uh, we're in a wooded area situated in uh, Ridgely Manor, a beautiful neighborhood here in Virginia Beach. And I just saw, like, uh, someone fishing over there. Hopefully he caught some fish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and the, the weather here is just beautiful. It's just like I don't even need a jacket right now. <laughs> beautiful weather. What do you feel personally about the issues going on in this world today? Wow. Well, with the things going on in this world today, man, I, it's just bad. Yeah. It's, it's just getting worse every day. And... With all going on, I just say people need to see Jesus. I mean, that's yeah. the main thing because, I mean, that's the only one that can comfort you doing all what's going on in the world. I mean, nothing else will. You know, I see, like, how people would try to find comfort in other things, yeah. but that, that's not going to help you. You know, it's only Jesus, and that's what I, my message was. Um, my sermon, first sermon was about seeking to helping Jesus, seeking mm -hmm. to helping God. Because, you know, it, it, I'm trying to remember, it was thinking it was help, uh, help for, you know, looking for God for your help or something like that. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, that's where your help comes from. You know, my help comes from the Lord. So as I seek him, then 
even though the life circumstances and difficulties may come, he's my peace. He's yeah. the one that can carry me through every storm in life because, you know, Jesus had walked this earth and, you know, was, and he's been through so much. He's been through way more than what we can ever manage oh, yeah. at the cross. So, you know, like, we can't compare, but we're going to go through, if we follow Jesus, we're going to go through the same suffering he went through, you know, maybe not dying or something as far as um, uh, physically, but we got to, you know, it's a dying to self. You know, yeah. when you go to with that walk with Jesus, you die to yourself, die with the worldly, you know, you, you don't want nothing to do with this world. You, your mindset is different. So you, you leave the world behind and you seek Jesus. And I'm saying that because a lot of people going through so much, uh, so much evil, so much wickedness, so much killing, so much murdering, all yeah. the things in the world. But the thing is, if everybody had seek Jesus and went, you know, his walk, walked his walk, then this, this world would be a better place. Had love like he did. Yeah. He showed, you know, so much love towards people. He healed the sick, did all those things. He did all that while he was here. And he showed all the love, but people still hated him, still didn't like what he was saying. And, you know, it's like he was just showing love yeah. to people, showing what he can do if you just trust him. Hey, I say that to everybody. To just trust Jesus and trust, trust him, and you, you'll be set free from all, everything you've been going through in life. So yeah. I say that's the best thing you can ever do. You know, pe people today, um, most most of them, especially in the secular world, mm. uh, they mostly look forward to something uh, that makes them happy uh, temporarily. Yeah, it's and, temporary. And they invest on they invest a lot on that, and it just seems like they're not thinking long term. They're not thinking ahead. They're just like stuck. They're just evolving, but very slowly, but because they're investing, but they're not investing right. Uh, they should just focus more on on a long-term thing with Jesus. Because imagine how big of a difference he can make to you and then spreading that on to your, your family, your wife, yeah. and then your kids, and then the next mm -hmm. generation and so forth. Imagine, that's a great investment right there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny things you just mentioned investment. Because <laughs> sometimes God can use some you know, people. Yeah. And using you right now, because I'm going to say that, because... My next sermon is about investment. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I was, that yeah. is so amazing. And I was asking God, I said, Lord, I, I you know, just want to make sure that I'm in the right ballpark and hear you talking about that. And I'm like, okay, Ooh. that's my next sermon. So It's meant to happen, bro. Yeah, it's meant to happen. I'm like, wow, okay, Lord, I hear you. Thank <laughs> you. Because I just want to make sure. <laughs> so, you know, but you, you're right. Um, that's, that's the, the end goal should be Jesus. That's yeah. the end goal. Because, you know, after you leave this world, you, you're going one or the other place. You know, you're going to hell or, or, or heaven. Yeah. There's only two places you can go. There's no in, in betweens. People might yeah. say, it's in between all this other stuff. No, it's not. It's only mm -hmm. heaven or hell. So it's just a matter of who you're walking with. Are you walking with Jesus or are you walking with the devil? You know, and it's all about giving up your life. Because a lot of people today don't want to give up their life for Jesus because they want to live how they want to live. And that's yeah. the problem because you live how you want to live, but then you live in a sinful lifestyle a lot of people might not see it sinful but actually to god it is you yeah. know what i'm saying god will see that and he just wants a better life and the awesome thing about it once you go his route that's the best life everybody might say oh best life do driving cars and i know best life is living for him and yeah. that's the truth so if you just live with him you can't go wrong i'm just telling you because it's proven proven fact i'm i'm you know witness and i'm the one lead, being led by god yeah you know, my wife and like you were saying, the family, I've been, you know, 
you know, ministry is something because you know, ministry ministry is what I'm can doing now. Yeah. Ministry. <laughs> this is you know, ministry this right is a here. ministry, yeah. right? You know, yeah. And I minister to my parents and my family, you know. And it's like the talk is usually, I will come talk about God. You know, uh -huh. it just if the open opportunity for you know conversation come up or that opportunity comes, I would. That's what I would start speaking about him because what he did for me mm -hmm. and. The thing is, when she does that in you, you can't help but tell somebody else because you want the same thing for them because you show the same kind of love that Jesus showed to everybody. Yeah. So you want to show it to everybody too. Say, hey, you know, better life with Jesus. Better life with him. You know, comfort. Yeah. All the things you need is from him. You can't find nowhere else but him. So, But, but yeah, with all going on, it's just that it would be so much better if everybody would just follow him, Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Um, you know, you think that things would be better wherever you go, but you know, the peace that you find may not be out there. The peace that you find is right here in the heart. You know, like that saying, like you see those bumper stickers, no Jesus, no peace. Yeah. No Jesus, no peace. You know, the no Jesus, like knowing. Yeah. And then no Jesus, like N-O. Right, right. Yeah. 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 No peace. It's, it's just no peace without him. He's. He's the Prince of Peace. Yeah. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You can only find peace in him. That's why people, you know, do the things they do. I mean, they commit suicide, all these other things. It's, it's because it ain't seeking him. Yeah. You know, then the devil, you know, the devil attacks the mind. That's what he goes yeah. after, you know what I'm saying? And so if you're not having the full armor of God, you know, because yeah. you had the full armor of God, you protected from his attacks. You, were, you know, you read the Bible, you would know how he would, how he had been, uh, how he attacks. You know how he maneuvers and do what he do you know from reading the bible so mm -hmm. that's that's why you have to be in the word you know what i'm saying yeah. that's the armor the that's sword. that's the logo that he just made yeah this logo <laughs> yep and that's and the, the bible's the sword yeah the sword the weapon against the devil so yeah. you know th that's what you can use against the devil when he try to attack because he is he is always going to try to plant something in your mind and try to get you thinking other things that's yeah. not of god so you might have your mind stayed on god and that's what i do i make sure to have my mind stayed on him all right, I'm going to throw off an off-ended question here. I know it wasn't part of it, but I'm just going to ask you right here, since we're since we got all this going on here, all this setup. Mm -hmm. Being it that your uh, your ministry is still in its you know younger stages, would it be uh, the time to start a podcast of your own? Um, yeah, uh, pretty good. Actually, it'd be good to get exposure. I think. Uh huh. Yeah, that'd be a good good idea. Yeah, to yeah. actually start. I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, you know, with this device here, and then you got the microphone, the head, and the headphone. Man. Yeah. Sky's the limit. Yeah, I, I like that. I think that. Now I was going. I was just thinking about um, what's that show we used to watch? God Friend of Me. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that, that is show. The show. I love that show. I wish it was I, back. I know, me too. And I think that uh, you know, he he was an atheist doing mm -hmm. the podcast, and I love the way it would just. You know, he gets his phone call, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, God calling him. Then he's getting all these, you know, things to do. It's like assignments that God's lead him to do, yeah. even though he wasn't aware of it, you know, but he didn't believe in God. But as he kept going through all that, he, you know, start, he you know, where, to meet these people, meet these people that he was you assigned know, to, yeah. assigned to. And, that, and then I look at it in real life. That's the thing that God just uses, you know, me and people, man and woman of God to do the assignment that he has for yeah. us, you know, so. There's an assignment we have to do. We we call we've been called, but we got to do an assignment yeah. to reach the lost, the people that needs God, that need needs Him. So, yeah, I felt that was uh, almost similar to the case that I was in. Uh, there was a fellow 
uh, who rode with us to Virginia. He was actually wanting to rent a car, but his it wasn't really favoring him. Like he might be he might be turned down. And then Riz was able to get our own uh, reservation. We successfully got it somehow. Uh, she was just doing it on on the phone, and we they were out of rental cars that night, so we had to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, she had to uh, we had to book a hotel to stay. Of course, we were tired because this is just an exhausting situation. This Southwest Airlines meltdown, and then you want to go rent a car mm-hmm. trying to get away real quick. No, it didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was able to land a confirmation for the next day, and then we asked a fellow, "You want to ride with us?" Um, we can meet you, you know, the next day, and we'll we'll take you to Norfolk, in which we did. Mm-hmm. He was from uh, Columbia, Ohio, and I was glad to to have taken him here to have met his contact at the airport. And of course, we're still dealing with our baggage situation. He was able to find his, and hopefully, he did by now. Mm-hmm. When I did this, when yeah. I do this recording yeah. now, but he was a nice fellow. I'm glad to have to have made a difference for someone. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome. That's that's awesome. Yeah, you know, sometimes God set things up and. Sometimes you there's yeah. a, there's a purpose of why those things happen. You know, a lot of people don't look at it like that. You know, but yeah. there's a reason for everything that happens in your life. And at that moment, you know, sometimes you just gotta see. I think he was testing our faith, especially in this scenario. This scenario, which seemed very impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, this canceled flight situation. Yeah, yeah. He, he was trying to see. He was just testing me to see how. How I would deal with it, you know, head on. You know, there are a lot of people that have, you know, they they had different emotions. Some of it was just, you know, overburdening. It was just too much for some of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them lost, you know, lost their cool. Mm-hmm. Even the the Southwest ticket agent at the counter, she kind of like lost it for a little bit and needed to step out. Mm-hmm. So wow. it didn't have, it didn't just affect us passengers, but also the Southwest employees in general that were there mm-hmm. that night. Oh wow! wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just glad you guys, you know, made it here safely, though. Yeah. Know, all that, you know, but, yeah. This I, is surely going to be one thing to rem- one memory to remember. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a blessing. That's, you, you definitely blessed that person, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, um, I, I, that's what I always say, you know, just, you know, the main thing out of all this, you know, it's like you want to, Make sure you save. That's one thing I, I would say. You know, mm-hmm. make sure you save. You know, and then once you save and you allow God to be in you, you know, then with the power of the Holy Spirit, He can guide here if you God and direct you in yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's one of the main keys about when you know walking with Jesus. You you gotta have you gotta make sure you save. So me i know i'm saved i know where i'm going so that's the important thing for a lot of people to know where they're going and the only way you know where you're going unless you allow god to save you yeah yeah allow him to be the one to be the head like the head of your life allow him to god direct you with the power of the holy spirit because the only the holy spirit is the only one that can keep you you know what yeah. i'm saying the only one that can keep you and that's what been god in my life you know yeah. with the holy spirit and I just thank God every day, you know, just how he's just been bringing me <laughs> from back then to how, you know, where I'm at now. It's just yeah. awesome, you know. It's, it's, it's a blessing. Cool. Well, it's a blessing for you to be a part of this, uh, you know, final podcast interview here for the Johnny Reeves Bits, which will, uh, you know, take a hiatus 
for for two months or so, I have to focus on my book project. I've been neglecting my book, so I had to start writing the last two chapters of my book. I'm still trying to figure out the endings. I'm I'm coming out with like five different endings, and I just like just, oh. be, just became lazy. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and I hope people will get a good read on it. It's it's gonna be a good book. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Mm. And then after that, I'll I'll try to flesh out the characters. I'll start doing uh, uh, sketches on on Notepad or something. You know. Mm -hmm. Doing a lot of uh, pencil drawings. Remember oh, those uh, yeah. those pencils, those those graded pencils. Man, I love those oh, pencils. Oh yeah, <laughs> the dark pencils and the light. Yeah, love it. I love it yeah. too. I, I know that. What yeah. was that? Six H or yeah, six H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a pack of those pencils yeah. too. I don't even know what I did with those pencils. I, uh, man, I just been doing digital artwork now. It's just yeah. been digital, you know, on my iPad. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's actually leading me on oh, to the next, next question, question here. Oh man, I, I put in an, an off-ended question in place of this one earlier on. But yeah, I see you do art as a hobby and a side business. What kind of art do you do and where can someone look at your artworks? Well, most of my work is just more like, um, I would call myself a cartoonist because that's how I draw everything like in a cartoon form. So uh -huh. yeah, just draw like all kinds of fan art, you know, and yeah. sometimes draw my very, you know, my own characters. I got to get back to drawing my own characters. I haven't did that in a while, but I've just been doing a lot of fan art, so. But that's good to experiment, though, with different styles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do, so. I have been, I haven't really been drawing except for the seal for the, the church, though. That's, yeah. Yeah, but I haven't been getting back into it, but, um, you know, I got to get back into doing that again. How long did it take to you come up with that artwork? You just started drawing it first, and then you started like just uh, creating it later on on digital. Yeah, um, matter of fact, I started off uh, drawing on a sketchbook. You know, kind of mm -hmm. sketch it out. You know, uh, of course, what the idea wanted to how it wanted to look. So I was like, okay, so when I how to put it together, I said the full arm of God. You know, I drew a knight. First uh -huh. thing, knight bending down. You know, like kneeling down. Yeah, like he's kneeling down before God, and I had him holding the shield, and the shield had the Holy Bible in it. It had a lightning bolt, which represented the light of the the, the light uh, of the world, and uh -huh. I had uh, the praying hands was praying to God in in the shield. Um, and the other thing I had was oh, uh, two people holding hands, which was showing unity. Oh, cool. Yeah, so united in faith was saying united in faith. So we are united as a people in faith. So that's where, oh, nice. it, yeah, so it, it all came together. And God just gave me the idea, I tell you. It was just something that he gave me. And next thing I know, there's the seal. Awesome. Yeah, and I put the seal, uh, put the, uh, the round of night, uh -huh. the, that part. Uh, I actually went on Fiverr and actually had needed somebody. To, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was like $10 uh -huh. just to do that. Because I, I was looking, I said, okay, I, let me see which one I want. And I looked at th this one that you, I showed you, and I went with that, so. Cool. That's how it was created. All right. How many how many um, uh, designs did you come up with to get that one logo? Did it took like maybe five thumbnails of you know to get five ideas to get it right? Believe it or not, it was just that one. Oh wow! Time. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean that one time, and it was that was it. That's all she wrote. And I showed my pastor. My pastor looked at it. And he was like, "Wow." He was blown away. He was just like, that's actually what the vision that God gave him uh -huh. of what it's going to look like. And I was like, wow, that is awesome. So he said, go with it and just go ahead and put it together. And I put it together. And now I have the logo for the, the ministry. And now I got a little uh, intro 
on a, on a YouTube channel as oh, well nice. for the for our ministry as well. Oh, and uh, I know that you did ask me a question about yeah. where people can find my art. <laughs> totally was getting off subject. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. Yeah, but um, trying to let's see. I'm had had to go with my phone real quick because I. Yeah, so uh, I have an Instagram. It's um, it's Ray's artwork. So you can find uh, my art page on Instagram and look for Ray's uh, Ray's artwork. R A Y S artwork. And then my Facebook is Ray's Art and Design. And you can find uh, another, you know, some of my artwork there as well. Uh -huh. So those are two um, websites you can see my artwork. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you still selling uh, on uh, Etsy, E-T-S-Y? Nope. I actually <laughs> closed that shop. I mean, because I guess things wasn't really looking yeah. the way uh, it wasn't happening the way I wanted. Maybe, so, who knows, one day you might jump yeah. right back into it. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I would like to. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, um, I've been just using my artwork for ministry now. So it's like, with like a seat to seal and it's other things I'm going to continue doing probably for the ministry using yeah. my art. And, I mean, I can't beat that. I mean, doing it for God is just, hey, it, it beats, it, it trumps everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, but it's something I'm still going to, every now and then, probably get back into doing more cool. drawing and stuff. Well, yeah. you know, I wish you all the best, you know, for your ministry uh, as well as uh, for your growth, you know, personally. Thank and you. And I hope you continue to move a lot of people in the times to come and that your ministry grows to, a, you know, to mm -hmm. its full potential. I'm not exactly sure, uh, you know, what's your ballpark in terms of uh, how many uh, people you uh, want in your church. Is, how's your church right now? Is it like a real big church or is it? Like um, it's a medium sized, medium sized um, church. Uh -huh. But, you know, the thing is, you know, we we're we know they're going to come, you know, as far as uh, the people. But, you know, that's one thing we don't really focus on as far as the amount of people, because mm -hmm. with just the just us yeah. alone we bring in the you know the power of god that's yeah. in us we bring it you know what i'm saying so yeah. it's like when we bring it god moves in the whole church so that's the thing that's awesome about it because when you like i was saying with the holy spirit it is in you you bring it in the church because you know church is just a building yeah the people are the church you mm -hmm. know so if you have god in you you can you bring that into church so the awesome thing about God is when it's in you, you can move, it moves others to draw them to the light. You know what I'm saying? Which is the God in you. Cool. So that's, that's how people would be drawn to um, ministry. We do go out there and evangelize. As a matter of fact, we evangelize, uh, what was it? Two weeks? No, last month we actually been evangelized. We have to get back on evangelizing. So when we go out and evangelize, you know, we, you know, about pray for them. We apply me, you know, speak the word to them. Yeah. Or even invite them to our church. So we'll we do that, you know, to bring people to our church. But that's not the focus. That's not really our focus. But we just want to just make sure that we just preach the word to the people oh, mainly yeah. and draw them, you know, draw them to God, the main, main goal. Cool. All right, I'm glad to have you on board, and uh, I hope to interview you again uh, soon. And the time's come, see how how this uh, church is, uh, this ministry is going. All right, yeah. All right, dude. Thanks a lot, man. You're welcome. Okay, 2022 is about to draw to a close, and what a what a better way to end this episode talking to my parents over here. So, hi, Dad. How you doing? All right. Mom, how are you doing? 
BC. And we got Riz. Riz, how are you doing tonight? Good. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about uh, 2022 so far, Mom? Well, it's a lot of uh, COVID problem. <laughs> <laughs> how are you health-wise? Well, not good. Getting old. Uh-huh. And how about you, Dad? Getting young. <laughs> All right. There you, there you go. That's a great, uh, you know, New Year's wish. Getting young, don't we all? <laughs> all right, everyone. Happy New Year's. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Thanks for making it to the end of this podcast episode. Well, 
here it is. As promised, this is the part in which I am going to be making a major announcement. Now, let me cut to the chase here. I want to see this podcast evolve further than where it is right now. And I'm sure you're feeling the same way too. And this is where you come in. During the off season, you, the listener, can make a huge difference in raising the bar for this particular product that is the 2400 block. I will lay out everything in detail on the upcoming bonus episode, which is going to be in a few days. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 2400 Block Podcast. Feel free to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, and Spotify. 